Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Hello, Campus Cronies, and welcome back to Campus Crime Chronicles. I'm your host, Nicole Turner, former college professor, current college administrator, but always a true crime addict. In every episode of this podcast, I take a deep dive into some sort of true crime that occurred on a school campus or a crime that's associated with a college or university in some way. For each episode, I rate the seriousness of the crime from 1 to 5 on my very own serious crime scale, with 1 being completely not serious, possibly even a little humorous from time to time, to 5 being very serious. As promised, this episode is rated a two. That's right, we finally have another story that is rated less than a four or a five. I figured y'all needed a break from those types of stories for at least one week because I know I did. So on that note, you'd have to be living under a rock for the past two years if you haven't heard conspiracy theories that the novel coronavirus was produced in a research laboratory in China. Well, the story I have for you today is partially what sparked those theories, or rumors as I like to call them, and no, in this case it is not true. While this guy was found guilty of blatantly lying to the IRS about millions of dollars and his ties to China, he was not found guilty in any way of developing the coronavirus or even charged with anything of the sorts. This is the story of 62-year-old Harvard University professor Dr. Charles Lieber, who covered up his involvement with the Wuhan University of Technology and his participation in a program called China's Thousand Talents Plan. This episode is titled Academic Espionage. So without further ado, let's get started. As the rest of the world was blindly facing the approaching pandemic and infamous shutdown of life as we knew it, one Harvard University professor, Dr. Charles Lieber, was facing a different type of life-altering conundrum. On January 28, 2020, Dr. Lieber was arrested and charged with failing to disclose funding he received from the Chinese government. According to an arrest affidavit, he was officially accused of making materially false, fictitious, and fraudulent statements. Dr. Lieber is a renowned nanoscientist and a celebrated chemist, and at the time of his arrest, he was serving as the chair of the Chemistry and Chemical Biology Department at Harvard University, which is located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. 
Harvard student newspaper, the Harvard Crimson, reported that Lieber has won numerous prizes for his research, and in 2017, he was appointed to be a full university professor, Harvard's highest faculty honor. So, as successful and brilliant as this man seems to be, what on earth could he have possibly done that put him on trial in federal court? Well, the story gets a little complicated and a whole lot political, at least when it comes to the United States protecting secret and valuable information from potential threats, such as China. You see, in 2018, under the Trump administration and former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, the U.S. Department of Justice launched what is called the China Initiative. Some of you may be familiar with this, but for those of you who aren't, it began as a way for the U.S. to crack down on what they call Chinese economic espionage. According to a DOJ fact sheet, economic espionage basically refers to the stealing of intellectual property and technology. In the fact sheet from the DOJ, the Assistant Attorney for National Security, John C. Demers, wrote, quote, China wants the fruits of America's brain power to harvest the seeds of its planned economic dominance. Preventing this from happening will take all of us here at the Justice Department, across the U.S. government, and within the private sector. With the Attorney General's initiative, we will confront China's malign behaviors and encourage them to conduct themselves as they aspire to be, one of the world's leading nations. End quote. Members of the initiative consist of not only the U.S. Attorney General and Assistant Attorney General, but also five other U.S. attorneys from Massachusetts, California, Alabama, New York, and Texas, as well as a number of senior-level FBI officials and the Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division. Therefore, it was through this big China initiative that federal agents were led to Dr. Charles Lieber. So, given Lieber's background and expertise and him being the well-known nanoscientist that he is, it was no wonder that China, or any country for that matter, would seek him out and use his knowledge as an asset. With this in mind, Lieber allegedly signed a five-year contract with the Wuhan University of Technology, or WUT is what I might refer to it from now on, in 2011 as a strategic scientist. And he also signed a three-year contract in 2012 with China's Thousand Talents Plan. According to a DOJ press release, the Thousand Talents Plan is, quote, one of the most prominent talent recruitment plans designed to attract, recruit, and cultivate high-level scientific talent in furtherance of China's scientific development, economic prosperity, and national security. These talent programs seek to lure Chinese overseas talent and foreign experts to bring their knowledge and experience to China and reward individuals for stealing proprietary information. End quote. That's what it says on the DOJ website. So their words, not my words. And in the midst of the China initiative, the U.S. federal government designated the program as a danger to our national security, and they have discouraged scholars and academics from participating in the program. Though I want to be very clear that it is not illegal, like completely illegal, to be involved or participate with these types of programs. It's just highly discouraged. According to the Harvard Crimson, Lieber's responsibility in his role through 
WUT, Wuhan University of Technology, and the Thousand Talents Plan included publishing papers, organizing conferences in the name of WUT, accepting WUT students as visiting scholars at Harvard, and organizing a joint Harvard-slash-WUT research laboratory in Wuhan, like they wanted to put Harvard's name on a research laboratory. In return, then, Lieber was allegedly compensated $50,000 per month contingent upon his work in China. He was also provided with living expenses totaling $150,000 over a three-year period, and he was given over $1.5 million in research funds for the joint research lab. Now, I must say, as an academic myself, That is some money that would be hard to turn down, and I'm not sure I would. I mean, if he was indeed getting paid that much money for simply being smart and conducting research, I mean, can you blame him? Anyway, moving on, as I said, it's not Lieber's actual participation in the talents program or employment in China that ended up getting him arrested. It's the fact that he lied about it and tried to cover up his involvement. So bear with me as I explain this case a little further. The Harvard Crimson reported that as a result of the U.S. government China initiative, Harvard embarked upon a campaign of its own to help curb any type of academic espionage that would be considered a part of the much larger concept of economic espionage. So academic espionage, then, is a process where academic researchers funnel information to foreign governments. So what exactly led up to Lieber's arrest in early 2020? Remember how I said that Lieber signed a contract with both WUT and the Thousand Talents Plan? Well, in order to receive his compensation from those entities, in November of 2012, Lieber opened up a Chinese bank account, and he did so with the assistance of WUT. Then, in January of 2013, Lieber signed an agreement on behalf of Harvard to establish the joint Harvard-slash-WUT Research Laboratory, where he served as the executive director. However, according to the Harvard Crimson, Lieber did not have the authority to contract on behalf of Harvard like that. Like, basically, he did it without permission or authorization. This means that Harvard itself, the actual university in Cambridge, Officials had no idea that a research lab in Wuhan was attached to the Harvard name in any way. So when Harvard got wind of this and confronted Lieber a couple of years later in January of 2015, Lieber told Harvard officials that he was unaware that WUT was using Harvard's name and that WUT did so without his permission or knowledge. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Now, naturally, as part of the China Initiative, the DOJ began investigating large government grants, and according to a DOJ press release, Lieber, along with several other scholars and researchers and academics, was on the list because he received more than $15 million in research funding from the National Institute of Health and the Department of Defense. Then, in 2018, the Department of Defense interviewed Lieber about these grants, and during this interview, Lieber reportedly made false statements about his ties to China's Thousand Talents plan. According to the DOJ press release, Lieber stated he was never asked to participate in the Thousand Talents program and that he wasn't sure how China categorized him. Then, in November 2018, 
the National Institute of Health inquired, like from Harvard, whether Lieber had failed to disclose his then-suspected relationship with WT and the, the Thousand Talents plan. Lieber, in turn, caused Harvard to falsely tell the National Institute of Health that he had no formal association with WUT after 2012, and that WUT continued to falsely exaggerate his involvement with WUT in subsequent years, and that Lieber is not and has never been a participant in China's Thousand Talents plan. So all of that information, like Harvard told that to NIH, like on record, which was basically according to the government a big lie. Like he was indeed part of all those, like of WUT and the, the thousand talents plan. So one of the U S attorneys assigned to the China initiative, the ones that I was talking about earlier, Andrew E. Lelling from Massachusetts said it was actually the amount of money that drew their attention to Lieber in the first place. Lelling said, quote, that is a corrupting level of money, end quote. So that brings us to Lieber's arrest on January 28th, 2020. Two days later, on January 30th, he was released on a $1 million bail agreement, and both he and his wife had to surrender their passports as part of the agreement. Like, that's how serious, like, the U.S. government was taking this. Also, as part of his bail, Lieber had to get approval for any cash withdrawals of more than $20,000, and he was prohibited from directly or indirectly contacting the Wuhan University of Technology, Peking University, and the Chinese Academy of Sciences, just for good measure, I guess. The Harvard Crimson reported that Lieber was also placed on paid administrative leave by Harvard officials, which meant he was not allowed on campus and his teaching and research duties were immediately halted. According to a DOJ press release, Lieber was officially charged by criminal complaint with one count of making a materially false, fictitious, and fraudulent statement. Then, in January of 2020, a grand jury indicted Lieber on two counts for making false statements to federal investigators. The next month, in July of 2020, the DOJ announced a superseding indictment where Lieber was handed four additional charges— two counts of making and subscribing a false income tax return, and two counts of failing to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts with the IRS. According to the Harvard Crimson, Lieber allegedly received income from WUT in 2013 and 2014 that he failed to report on his federal tax returns. And then he allegedly failed to report in 2014 and 2015 that he had a foreign bank account with over $10,000 sitting in it, which is required by the U.S. law to like report that. However, since the very beginning, Lieber has adamantly denied any of this and maintains his innocence. When it came time for his plea in March of 2021, he pleaded not guilty. One of Lieber's lawyers, Mark L. Mukasey, said, quote, It is Professor Lieber's desire to bring this case to trial as soon as possible. Professor Lieber pleaded not guilty because he is not guilty. We intend to exercise our right to a speedy trial so the world can see how he's been used as a poster boy for a twisted political agenda and that the case against him is a crock, end quote. And Lieber isn't necessarily the only one fighting in an academic espionage type of battle against the government. Apparently, according to the Lawfare podcast, there are about 77 known China initiative cases, which range in different types of charges, like including wire fraud, grant fraud, theft of trade secrets, 
all of which tie back to China in some way. For example, the DOJ on their website lists at least 58 cases in which people have been indicted, convicted, and or sentenced, like I counted them myself. One of those cases, dated May 14, 2021, involved a rheumatology professor and researcher at The Ohio State University who has strong ties to China. The professor, 58-year-old Song Guozing, was sentenced to 37 months in prison for making false statements to federal authorities as part of an immunology research fraud scheme. As part of his sentence, Zing was also ordered to pay more than $3.4 million in restitution to the National Institute of Health and approximately 413000 to The Ohio State University. Anyway, regardless of his plea... Lieber has plenty of supporters who backed his actions, or alleged actions, I should say. The Harvard Crimson reported that 41 professors and academics from American universities, including seven Nobel laureates, issued a public letter that questioned the federal government's prosecution of Lieber. In their letter, which was dated March 1, 2021, the professors argued that government efforts to eliminate foreign espionage have unjustly targeted academic researchers like Lieber. Part of that letter reads, quote, In the name of combating economic espionage, the Department of Justice has increasingly scrutinized members of the academic community. Despite his standing in the scientific community, or perhaps because of it, he has become the target of a tragically misguided government campaign that is discouraging U.S. scientists from collaborating with peers in other countries, particularly China. In doing so, it is threatening not only the United States' position as a world leader in academic research, but science itself, end quote. Similarly, a guest on the Lawfare podcast, Margaret Lewis, who is a professor at Seton Hall Law School, pointed out that huge government initiatives like the China Initiative can actually disrupt the natural rhythms and threads of investigations. For instance, the government is concerned about China, so they send that message out to all 94 divisions of the DOJ, and then FBI field agents who investigate usually don't have training on how federal grants work. In other words, there is often a lack of depth and understanding about academia and what would actually constitute academic espionage. And I think Tim Burns, a physics professor at New York University in Shanghai, who also is a member of China's Thousand Talents Plan, described it best when he told the Harvard Crimson, quote, Researchers are not interested in politics or this kind of power struggle between countries. Researchers really just want to do top-level research, and that's true in the U.S. and China, end quote. However, in the midst of Lieber's arrest and media attention surrounding both his case and the China initiative, as well as everything coming into, you know, play with COVID-19, Rumors quickly began to spread on social media and beyond that Lieber was responsible for developing the novel coronavirus in that joint research lab he allegedly set up in Wuhan. People began saying he not only created the coronavirus, but that he also sold it, a conspiracy theory that was shared on Facebook nearly 80,000 times, according to the Harvard Crimson. Now, before you go off thinking, wait, Nicole, maybe he did create and sell the virus. I mean, how do you know he didn't? Well, let me point out a couple of things and make them clear. First off, there is absolutely no evidence to suggest that Lieber engineered a biological agent, the virus. And secondly, Lieber is a chemist and a nanoscientist. 
yes, I definitely had to look up what nanoscience actually is, like what it's all about anyway. But according to the nano.gov website, nanoscience and nanotechnology are the study and application of extremely small things that can be used across all other science fields, such as chemistry, biology, physics, material science, and engineering. So, though nanoscience and nanotechnology can be applied to biological science, Lieber's expertise was in chemistry, a science that had nothing to do with the molecular biology of the coronavirus. And, finally, Lieber was in no way arrested for or charged with anything having to do with COVID-19 or the coronavirus. So, in response to all of the conspiracy theories, Lieber's attorney, Mark McCasey, said such claims and conspiracy theories are completely bogus. He said, quote, Theories linking him to the coronavirus are 1,000% false. That's the brainless musing of morons on social media. End quote. So that brings us closer to Lieber's actual jury trial. But y'all, this man cannot catch a break because while he was fighting for his life, so to speak, against the government, he was literally fighting for his life. As in, he was diagnosed with an advanced form of lymphoma and apparently conventional cancer treatments were not really working for him. Plus, to top it all off, Lieber filed a civil lawsuit against Harvard University, alleging that Harvard broke its contract with him by refusing to reimburse him for his criminal defense fees. However, Harvard clapped back and said he technically broke their indemnification policy, which means he was excluded from receiving coverage of legal fees when he led Harvard to submit false statements to the government. Lieber's attorney, McCasey, said, quote, he is fighting for his life while also fighting the government. He is eager to show the world at trial how the government is wrong, end quote. McCasey went on to say, quote, we're fighting Harvard in state court so that Lieber can afford experimental treatment to keep him alive. The entire prosecution of an innocent man dying of cancer is ghastly, barbaric, and unnecessary, end quote. Lieber's actual trial began on December 14th, 2021, and it lasted for six days. During the trial, Lieber's attorneys tried to argue that the government lacked evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Lieber made false statements to investigators. According to NPR, Mark McCasey also maintained that investigators didn't keep any records of their interviews with Lieber prior to his arrest. And McCasey further argued that they couldn't prove he acted, quote, knowingly, intentionally, or willfully, or that he made any material false statement, end quote. However, the prosecution had a lot of evidence against Lieber that basically showed the opposite. For example, prosecutors played footage of a video interview that the FBI conducted with Lieber in 2020. In that interview, Lieber admitted to the agents that he did not declare some payments he received in $100 bills during trips to Wuhan. He also told them in the 2020 interrogation that in the earlier interview in 2018, it, quote, looks like I was very dishonest, end quote. He also admitted, quote, I wasn't completely transparent by any stretch of the imagination, end quote. 
The Harvard Crimson reported that also in that same 2020 interview, investigators presented Lieber with a contract he had signed with the Thousand Talents plan that stipulated the $50,000 monthly payments he would receive through his work at the Wuhan University of Technology, so at at WUT. When they presented him with that contract that he signed, although he had previously maintained that he did not earn a salary from China, Lieber said, quote, that's pretty damning, end quote. So all of the evidence against Lieber means his defense attorneys couldn't seal the deal and convince the jury he was innocent. After deliberating for only about two hours and 45 minutes, the jury found Lieber guilty on all six federal charges, two counts of lying to federal officials and four counts of tax-related offenses. Though Lieber has yet to be sentenced, his conviction carries a prison sentence of up to 26 years and fines that could total $1.2 million. But wait, the story doesn't quite end there. In February of this year, 2022, Lieber's attorneys filed a motion for an acquittal or a new trial, calling their client's conviction a manifest injustice. According to the Harvard Crimson, the government was supposed to register opposition to the defense's request by March 7th, but that date has come and gone and we don't have any updated news just yet. So at this point, Lieber is still awaiting sentencing from his official conviction in December of 2021. Also, in early January of this year, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court sided with Harvard in Lieber's civil case against them. According to the reporting of Elizabeth Redden for Inside Higher Ed, the court found that Harvard acted consistently with its indemnification policy when the university determined Lieber was not eligible to receive compensation for his legal fees. So, here's the moral of the story. It's okay to be involved in research and grants and even talent recruitment programs like the Thousand Talents Plan in China. You just have to report it and be honest about the money you get from it. Also, on that note, the DOJ announced on February 23rd of this year, 2022, that the China Initiative was officially no more. They were terminating the program that sought to protect the U.S. from economic espionage and intellectual property theft. Apparently, according to the Lawfare website, the government realized its focus on China was too limited and a lot racist, I might add, and they officially changed the name of the China initiative to, quote, a strategy for countering nation state threats, end quote. So I know what you were thinking. If the government dissolved the China initiative, the program under which Lieber was initially charged and prosecuted and convicted, <laughs> could that change his fate or reverse his conviction? And the simple answer is no. The Harvard Crimson reported that it will likely not affect Lieber's case at all, and his conviction will, unfortunately, stand because the underlying laws are still the same. Okay, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of Chronicle 28. As always, be sure to check out this podcast on all my social media where I post photos associated with each case and episode. You can find me at Campus Crime Podcast on Instagram and Campus Crime Chronicles on Facebook. Or if you want to request a specific case or story, you can always email me at campuscrimepodcast at gmail.com. And y'all, 
please don't forget to go and review Campus Crime Chronicles on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can so we can just get the word out to others about this podcast. Like, I feel like other people would love it if they only knew it existed. (laughs) So I would love for y'all to help me get the word out. If you love Campus Crime Chronicles, please help me tell others about it. (laughs) Okay, well, that's all I have for you today. So bye for now. Campus Crime Chronicles is researched, written, and recorded by me, Nicole Turner, and is edited and produced by Giari Gassaway. The cover art and logos for the podcast were designed by Brady Burns. Tune in again in two weeks for the next Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs>